And so it begins. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. You make me want to be a better man. Welcome to Watching the Right Movies of the Rinkowski Brothers. This is a podcast for people that really like seeing movies in the theaters. Uh, now that we're all stuck at home, are trying to think of what else they can uh, look at, either from older movies, world cinema, uh, indie movies, uh, and classics maybe they've been meaning to watch but haven't yet. I'm Ben, this is my brother Nick. Hey Benny, how's it going? It's good, Nick. It's pretty good. Uh, we've, we've talked about a few times about knowing other languages, uh, on this podcast. Uh, and I was just, when I was watching this movie, uh, I was thinking, uh, of a line from a book, uh, that you gave me, in fact, uh, uh, the movie, I mean, the book Flights by Olga. Right. Tukar? I think it's Kovarchik. Tukarchik. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, look, just because I'm Polish doesn't mean I can say a, Correct. Great, a great Polish author's last name. Uh, but she just has a great line in there about talking about that she feels bad for people who, you know, Americans and British people where your home language is English because everyone else learns English. But we have our yeah. home languages like Polish to be like our secret language that we can like say our real thoughts and like say that you don't understand but if your only language is English, you have nothing to keep like hidden, uh, which I really love that line. Uh, yeah. And that was a cool, cause I feel like growing up, I'm always like, Shh, I'm sure. I'm glad I learned English. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, or that, I mean, it's certainly easier to know English from a young age, but I'm unbelievably envious. We've talked about this, that people can speak multiple languages. And if I ever was going to learn that skill, it has passed me by. I've tried to learn many, yes. many languages and I'm and no good, you know. And so it is a benefit, like most things. I think when I was a kid, too, I was like, phew, glad I was born here. Right. Um, you know, but there, the the hard work or the, you know, the learning of other languages that, that other students from around the world um, do, I think, is ultimately, ultimately to their benefit. Well, yeah, and... You aren't quite to this stage yet, but when you start teaching Rocky English, you're going to yeah. just realize all over again how dumb English is and how insanely hard <laughs> it is because you're going to teach him a rule and then he's going to try to say a word and you're like, nope, not that case. Nope, not a K. That's a C. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or nope, you got again. to put, you got to put an H in that word. <laughs> Why? It just does. <laughs> uh, just got to remember that one. Which is the stage we are at. Uh Felicity. Uh, oh, nice. Sure. And it is interesting just learning these things. You're just like, yeah, like, the fa- you know, the, our kids really just pick it up because you're around people speaking. And I right. have all the more respect uh, for people that learn English as an adult or because they were trying oh. to make it in America uh, or, you know, to immigrate here. I mean, that's an amazing thing that we should be celebrating. It is. Because it is it's... a hard language that makes no logical sense. Pacific Ocean, this is always my example, which is not an unknown, you know, it's not something that doesn't come up frequently. Right. The letter C is pronounced three different ways in Pacific Ocean. <laughs> what what kind of language is this? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a messed up one. Uh, and again, we are lucky that we did get to learn it uh, growing right. up. But then we're like, well, there, but then there is not much that motivates us uh, besides, to we learn had, other languages. besides we had to... Uh, in uh in high school and then uh i just wanted to understand what juanes is singing about so that's why i learned spanish right. at least enough to hear it and i can read it but that's i can't speak it uh, well enough. and i i took french to be contrarian i think and <laughs> sure that ended up being a waste of time because uh, you know i moved to los angeles where, where french come comes into handy really a lot uh you also learned Latin you know, for really no reason. Well, the thought, the thought, there was a reason behind that. And first of all, I should make it perfectly clear. I don't know French or Latin. I didn't <laughs> yeah. learn any of these things. Uh, I took, you know, years of study in both, but um, I know, you know, 30 nouns in, in either. But uh, the, uh, the idea behind Latin was like, oh, this will be the equivalent of learning like four languages with this on <laughs> Spanish and Italian and French. And that is not the truth so 
Um, they say that if you can speak Polish, you can understand Czech, but uh, I, I know for a fact that if you, can, if you can speak English only, you can't understand Polish or Czech. So uh, I, there are, I'm sure, languages that if you, you learn one, you effectively know another, but when you only know English, that's just about it. Yes. Uh, and which I feel is a, not necessarily the English part, but the knowing one language and the communication and the difficulty involved in that uh, is right. both the subject of a very famous uh, story of the Bible uh, and the movie we're talking about today. Right, and that is Alexander um, Inuratu's Babel from 2006, uh, obviously referencing the, the story of the Tower of Babel, uh, where, again, I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself in my, my Sunday school, but uh, the, the, that is the... <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember the details. It's where we, it's, everyone spoke the same language and they were going to build this tower and the tower crumbles down and then everyone's languages got fractured. That's the story, right? Well, God destroys the t- tower because they're building the tower to heaven uh, and in the story and then makes them, takes away the mother tongue and makes them all speak different languages so they could never build the tower again. I, I cut out a fairly important character, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, yes. You did okay, everything right. you well, said was correct, though. <laughs> Okay, uh, yes, and that is, you know, the, 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 the title has those references and really the story of, <clears throat> which is an interlocking story uh, of, of Babel, which we'll talk about the, the plot here soon, but that is really the lesson, which is that, you know, we, we come from different cultures and we speak different languages and those things are lost in translation, both literally as far as language goes and culturally, um, can create problems and create distrust and uh, tragedy in some cases. And that's what happens in the movie. Most cases. Most cases, right. Uh, well, most cases in the, in the movie. In the movie uh, but I don't know, but, right, yes, there certainly is. Oh, in real life, does it mostly cause tragedy? No, but I think, I think the point of this movie is it causes a lot more tragedy than you think it does. And that it, then it should, yes, yeah. right. And that we normally, I think most people do want to get along, but it is difficult when you don't speak the same language, or you don't honor the same things, or you don't you take certain things for granted, or you know whatever else. Uh, it can be difficult to share humanity when your when your cultures and your tongues are are different. I mean, that's the ultimate lesson, and it's, it's brilliantly brought on by the machinations of the plot, which are pretty intricate. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so you'd asked me right before we started this, if I'd, you assumed I'd seen it. Uh, yeah, because I know you like Inuratu, or I thought you did. I do. I, I love, again, Amoris Peros was the, I don't know if it's technically his first movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's his first movie. Yeah, I mean, it was... And it was his first breakout, certainly. Yeah, and I'm looking it up. It, uh, his first full-length uh, movie. Okay. Uh, and, I mean, it was a Mexican... It's a Mexican movie, so it's in Spanish, but I remember seeing it uh, probably at the... No, we saw Itumaba Tambien at the Tivoli there in... Uh, uh, oh. I think you, I think you, in LA? I feel like, yeah, no, in... Uh, uh, on the Loop in... Uh, in U City in St. Louis. Louis. You, you, oh. me, you, me, and no, you, me, and Jake saw. I think that's where we saw Itamama <sighs> Tambien, uh, which is not, which is not in Uratu, But I'm just saying it was about no. the same time, along with Morris Perros, these two pretty big Mexican films, you, and, I, and I loved Morris Perros, uh, and I love Birdman. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I do like Inuratu. Uh I had seen Twenty One Grams, which came after Morris Perros. Uh, right. Uh, and I didn't. I thought it was just okay. It was more just like an English version, uh, kind of a retread uh-huh. that I didn't like as much for, for me. Uh, but for some reason in my head, Babel, I associate Babel and the tree of life, uh, oh. which is Terrence Malick. This is Brad Pitt. I yeah, th- but Brad Pitt's in both. I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that until later. That's why I've, I've always thought that Babel was Terrence Malick and I thought it'd be long and boring. Uh, I didn't realize <laughs> it was in Uratu this whole time. Uh, and is very similar to Morris Barrows, Morris Barrows in, t- in terms of having interconnecting uh, storylines and everything. And it's right; it's kind of part of his, this unofficial trilogy, which is a Morris Barrows twenty one right. in Babel. Uh, Correct. And you you mentioned Itu Mama Tambien uh, by Afonso Coran. Uh, you throw in Guillermo del Toro, which yeah. we talked about way back in season one, I think, with Pan's Labyrinth. 
those are the, th- the three leaders of the new Mexican cinema that emerged in the early part of the 21st century and is, is still, you know, th- all three of those directors have been, uh, have directed a, a best picture winner or have won best director. You know, I, I don't think Quran, um, uh, quite has, but between uh, Birdman and Shape of Water, uh, you know those three uh, have certainly made their names felt uh, <coughs> in in American movies. Uh, and Quran has Quran Quran has won Best Director twice. Yeah, uh, I think for Gravity and uh, oh Roma Roma, Roma yeah, yeah and but, Roma was but, a great but man, not, what a great movie yeah but not Best Picture uh, yeah as you said but. Uh, yeah, oh, oh boo hoo, you've only won. <laughs> right, uh, correct. I mean, in terms right. of awards, I mean, it's amazing for all three of them, yes. <laughs> yes, I, my point is they, but at this point, in 2006, they were still very much emerging underneath, uh, underneath the radar isn't quite right, but they're, they were up and coming. Uh, you know, Children of Men came out, I think, in the same year yeah. uh, by Quran. By um, uh, and if it's 2006, then it must also be Pan's Labyrinth. So the, all three of them. <laughs> Uh, had made movies in Mexico uh, so that were highly this, thought this, of. You're telling me 2006 was the 1960 of Mexican cinema. <laughs> I guess so. Yes, <laughs> must be. Um, you know, but all all three of them had had between Amaris Peros, Itu uh, uh, Mama Tambien, a very good movie called uh, The Devil's Backbone uh, from uh, Del Toro. You know, there were. Uh, they had started in Mexico, very uh, seeped in, in that culture and that film language, and then became very much so international filmmakers. I mean, uh, Del Toro is probably the most commercial. You know, the Hellboy and Pacific Rim, and you know all these really big movies. Uh, <coughs> uh, but at the same time, Alfonso Cuarón directed one of the Harry Potter movies, so it's not like he's under the radar or anything. So no. <laughs> uh, they they all and gravity, emerged. And gravity, which is huge. Right. Gravity is uh, huge. Correct. Uh, so they've all uh, really become three of the, the most respected filmmakers working today, uh, and all that was emerging here in the middle part of the last decade, or I guess two decades ago now. Yikes! It's twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, let's talk about Babel, uh, which is difficult to do, because I don't know what order. It'd be hard. To, it'd, it'd be hard for me to say what order it goes in because these things. Yeah, it's all intersect. sort of split up. But uh, the best I can tell it, and this is not the way the movie presents the story, yeah. but the story is a, a a Japanese businessman goes on a a hunting trip in Morocco and gifts his guide a rifle and that guide gives the rifle to his friend. I think the story you back up, I think the whole, and I think this is to me actually is important. The start of me to me, the story is a Japanese businessman's wife wife commits suicide and that, and he then loses the will to go hunting anymore. And that's why he gives the Uh, rifle to the man in Morocco is the way at least I interpret it. Well, there you go. And so, but, brilliant, Ben. Yeah, so then all those things, of course, are important. Uh, and the, the gun finds its way into the hands of a neighbor who gives it to his children, to, who are probably, what, 10 and 12, in that kind of range, uh, to use it against jackals that are harassing their, their flocks of sheep. Is it sheep? Goats. Anyway, they're goats. goats. Okay. Goats. Yeah, yeah. They're... <laughs> They're herds of of livestock, regardless. The younger boy is a is a good shot, uh, and the two of them are messing around, and they are on a, a cliff or a, a you know rock face above a a, a road, and a, a one of them bus is jer- comes one by. One of them is jerking around at the time. Correct, uh, and they uh, sort of egg each other on to fire at the. Uh, at the bus, and they do fire at the bus, and the the good shot, uh, although unwittingly, hits an American tourist. So he doesn't know this until the bus stops, and you can tell something has gone wrong. And that American tourist is Kate Blanchett, who's married to Brad Pitt, who has left their kids behind, um, you know, in in Southern California, uh, to go on this trip to sort of reconnect, and. <coughs> 
at the same time, their their nanny, their their Mexican uh, undocumented uh, care provider, uh, wants to leave. Wants to go see her son's wedding in in Tijuana on the other side of the border, uh, but can't find um, uh, a replacement. Can't find other uh, other childcare. She thought she had something lined up and it fell through, and so she decides to take the kids with them. And that's uh, that's more. I mean, that is the plot, and I mean, that <laughs> resolves all the things that got set up there. Uh, lingering issues with the Japanese businessman whose wife is dead and whose daughter is deaf and mute and is struggling with the mother's death. Of course, she's she's a teenage girl. Uh, what happens to the children when they go over uh, the border and more importantly, when they try to come back uh, into the United States? Uh, what happens with the, the two kids who fired the gun? And then what happens with uh, Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt, the American tourists in North Africa? Uh, that's the, the hinge of the drama, but that's yeah. that's the setup and the timeline. And of course, as you mentioned, is all over the place. The first thing we see is the gun in Morocco. Uh, you know, we don't see Brad Pitt and and Kate Blanchett for a certain portion. Um, you know, and it cuts back through these four stories endlessly. Yeah, and it's also not, <coughs> which took me a while to realize. These, like what you're seeing, is not happening at the same time. Right, uh, correct. Like, like the first time, to me, I, at least I got a hint of that, is when Kiko, the uh, deaf mute uh, yes. Japanese girl, uh, is. you see that on the TV, they've already identified the suspects uh, in the shooting of Kate Blanchett. Uh, right. But by then, that hasn't, hap- we've, that hasn't happened. You're right. Like, you're like, she just got shot, at least from what we've seen. So that's kind of the point I realized, oh, okay, so I guess these are all, these are in different orders. Uh, for example, then uh, maybe I was supposed to pick up on this, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't until then at that point that I realized, oh, okay, when she's talking, like in the very beginning, when the Mexican nanny is talking to Brad Pitt, and you kind of think that Brad Pitt's kind of being a jerk to her. Uh, Correct. Like, and making her stay for her husband's wedding. You now realize what was, that actually that's happening at the same time that this is happening and what was going Correct. on to him, and you're giving a little bit more slack. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and that that's, I mean, that conversation, but you see both sides of that yeah. phone conversation, but two hours apart in the yeah. in the in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it, it plays around with the chronology. Although everything happens in it's not like years between these things no. happen. They're all happening Days. more or less at the same time, right? Uh, and it's you know the way the poignancy for exactly what you're talking about. You we get a sense, and I think that's what is in part being said. We have an expectation, and I think this is often borne out, but of the put-upon undocumented maid or nanny, yeah. uh, you know, being overworked, and and the we we have a, something in our head of the abandoned, you know, upper-class white children, you know, yeah. uh, who who get more love from their nanny than they do from their parents, and so that seeing that portion of the phone call plays into that. Uh, and then we see the opposite side of it, and it's more complicated than that. I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of this, what I kept thinking, especially with the, the case of uh, uh, the nanny and the kids, was how we get a sense of how this was playing. You know, obviously this is 2006. We're still, we're still in, 2000, in 2021 in a sort of post-9-11 frame of mind, but certainly then yeah. uh, <clears throat> the media explosion of these American tourists who've been shot seemingly you know, the United States very quickly acknowledges or, or moves to identify this as terrorism, even though there's just a couple of kids uh, making bad choices uh, and the, the media frenzy around that as, as Brad Pitt tries to get his wife care. Uh, but to uh, the double, I mean the culture war left wing, white ring, conversation of the story of the kids being you know trying to get back into the United States if that broke would be even more of a huge uh, misunderstanding oh. uh, I mean it would be a, a, a 
a nightmare. I mean, it is a nightmare scenario. Yes. I mean, that that portion to me is the hardest portion to watch. Oh, uh, <coughs> from the very beginning of that, I was like, oh my god, please nothing happen to those kids. Please nothing happen to those kids. Please nothing happen to this woman. Please nothing happen. Right. Uh, and what because did... what she wants to do, and then that's kind of true of all things. And I'll let you finish, but is that everybody acts a little reasonably? They they want the things that they what they want seems pretty. Simple, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, are, are pretty understandable. But uh, when you're marginal or when you, you know, it, bad things can happen. So anyway, what were you saying? Oh, uh, but what does end up happening to the kids and to her is not as bad as I was fearing. Uh, yeah, you too know, bad, when, though. Yes, uh, but they don't die, which is really what I was right. Or really get exposed to something, anything, like, you know, as soon as Gael Garcia Bernal shows up uh, as Santiago, yes. the, the nephew, you're like, uh, I mean, and I, he's so great. He's always this great oh, he's, kind I of sleazy, that. not real, never Smooth. a bad, like, you would call him a, you know, chaotic neutral person uh, right. to use uh-huh. kind of modern ways to put it. He's all, I mean, he's so good at that that you're like, but because you do not trust him, but he's not a bad guy. But you're like, right. And, and then when I find out he's a gun, I was like, oh crap, this is not good. This is not yeah. good. Please don't happen to these kids. Get out of Mexico. Please just get out, come back to San Diego. Get out of here. And uh, you can't really blame the border patrol. No, not really. Um, I mean, I mean, they're the, he they they get stopped in the middle of the night coming back. Yeah. Uh, you know you've got they've got two white kids in the back. You know they and a lippy driver. Yes. Um, you know I, I know that's that that doesn't mean that you know he doesn't have rights, but yeah. uh, you know he anyway. It's a it's a fraught and blameless isn't quite right because. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's one of those again. A lot of this movie is like watching what you know, uh, but the other characters don't, and yeah. you know, wishing they could understand it the way that you do. Because those kids have a great time at the wedding. Um, you besides, know, the, the, besides seeing the chicken's head, cut, the chicken, off. the chicken head cut off <laughs> is is an eye opening moment for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, she deserves to see her son get married. Uh, you know, she she yeah. made a decision that. Maybe nine times out of ten would not have been a problem, um, but this is that time. Now, I didn't. It wasn't until the very end of the movie. I didn't think. I didn't think she was illegal until the end. Like, was well, I they, supposed to know that, or was I supposed to assume? I don't. Because I didn't. Th- I maybe assume. Because even thinking that she was, because I mean, they show papers. She shows a passport, like him. She had yeah. Some, now I guess. I guess that their was passport, fake. the kid's passport, and her own. I, I mean, she and Santiago both show, but they show some papers. I mean, right? How else did they get back across the border twice? I mean, they in must the first have, place. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know, they, and it it makes it seem as if they do this frequently. Right. So now maybe it's they have good fake documents. I don't know. Right. Because uh, but even knowing that she was legal is like uh, just just yeah that some jerk border control could stop you. Right. But the fact that she actually was illegal now, I think it was. Less of a good choice, but again, it's to see her son get married. Right. You know, it's right. You can't. And we, and we see that she tried everything to not do it. Uh, right. Now, I did. So then, I mean, I guess we're, in, I suppose we've now decided just to talk about these kind of strand by strand. Uh, uh-huh. In the end, son, Gael Garcia Barnal does what he's going to do, which is. Uh, that's the worst decision. Drive I mean, the, it, but it, it's, it, that's a bad decision, which it's still. You, I would expect him to make. Then he leaves right. them in the de- leaves her Terrible. and the kids in desert. Maybe the second worst decision. Uh, right. And then the third, but then the bad decision that she just leaves them to. I mean, I guess it's hard for her to but walk. She but she can't. Uh, they and that's. A, I mean, that's heartbreaking because yeah. when she gets back, yeah. I mean, it just looks so them. bad for her. Yes. And right. Uh, and obviously, it it, it works out. Uh, they are found and they're okay. And it works out as well as it possibly could. Yes. Um, they're they're not going to uh, press charges. And but she does get deported, such as it is right. voluntary deportation. Right. Uh, but she does get to end up hugging her son, which is right. You know, and which is good. But of course, she's now lost her life. In San Diego. In, in San Diego. She's had for 14 years uh, just because she wanted to go to her son's wedding, uh, which is horrible. 
I am. And in a sense, she loves those children. Yes. Uh, you know, the, you know, so it is a big loss for her, but it obviously could have been much worse. Yes, but I'm so. Why can't we get? Why didn't we get a scene of the kids getting rescued, or at least her yeah, getting to say goodbye? I agree. I mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, he obviously decided to not give us that on purpose. Right. And I didn't need it to be super cheesy, but man, I need like she needed to say goodbye or sorry or get to right. hug them or see them or we at least get to see them get rid because we don't even know where they were. <laughs> sure. Uh, the little Fanning sister is little gone. L Fanning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, L Fanning is a drag on the ticket in terms of getting through the desert. And I think yeah. that's why she's got to leave him there to try to find yes. uh, Michael Pena. Yeah, who's uh, in it for three seconds. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. Uh, well, let's be honest. Anyway. Every, everyone's in it for three seconds. I mean, Kate Blanchett right. literally is like gets one scene of acting of of the first normal scene. talk. Yeah, and then she's just it's, dying for lay, laying the on the ground or screaming right. or right. being being right. Or peeing uh, herself. <laughs> correct. Uh, yeah, and even Brad. I mean, Brad Pitt's got to do quite a bit because his you know yeah. his arc there is they you know the shot happens in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. He's on a tour bus with a bunch of you know, fairly privileged tourists. And he is that too. In fact, you know, in his ugliest moments, which are understandable, but still ugly, you know, he keeps throwing around the fact that this, you know, uh, terrible country can't get a, has no hospital and, right. Right. And that seems to be, again, when, when push comes to shove, when the, when the chips are down, that seems to be his, Default, you know, even on the phone with the nanny, he says, "I'll just pay for another wedding. You got to stay," um, uh, you know, with, which is insensitive and un, in misunderstanding. Is his just thought is, "Well, I can fix this with money." All the yeah. money doesn't make any difference when you're bleeding out in the middle of nowhere, and so uh, he's trying to plead with the other uh, tourists who want to leave. They want air conditioning. Uh, you know, they they want to get out of there on the bus and. Uh, you know, he's trying to work with the embassy and, and, you know, other American consulate and, uh, all while she's dying. So there's a race against the clock there. (coughs) And we're also concerned about, you know, the authorities who are looking for terrorists who have been told that there's, you know, uh, which would be a terrible, terrible thing for their, their country as far as image and, and, uh, tourism goes. So they want to root it out as quickly as they possibly can. And of course, you know, they're looking after a couple of 10, 12 year old boys. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Kate Blanchett in our first scene, you know, there's clearly something, something in the past uh, for yeah. her and Brad Pitt that we don't know what it is. It seems like something he did because he's trying to ask when he's right. apologized. So you know, I'm assuming infidelity. Uh, and yeah. she, you know, we see is, you know, using the hand sanitizer, won't drink the ice, won't touch the ice. <laughs> Right, uh, but then she ends up, you know, smoking some unknown dope with uh, <laughs> old lady because, like you said, when you're bleeding out, you need something to ease Correct. the pain, which it does. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, the, and we haven't really talked about what is in my mind one of the most well, top four compelling storylines. Yeah. We haven't spent much time in, in Japan. Well, that's uh, that's my favorite storyline, actually. Yes, mine too. Uh, or like, or she's my favorite character in the whole thing. Correct, and she's great, Oscar yeah. nominated, uh, and she's fantastic. The hero, uh, the hero of Pacific Rim. Uh, a lot of Speaking the of actors Rim. we've already mentioned: Michael Pena, um, you know, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, you know, s- switched between. It's almost like the French New Wave, and everybody worked with these three, four guys. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's great. But yes, the the Japanese sequence is terrific. She you know yeah. you've lost a parent and the the father is a little helpless to connect being a teenager is difficult anyway you know, she's got her, her her deaf friends but um she feels very freakish at school she's made to feel i mean she's made fun of and that scene at the arcade is very mean um oh, and that's, so that's it's so good and how awful it is correct uh, at the arcade when the guy's hitting on her and then finds out she's deaf and then just pieces out. Right. I mean. And that she'd been set up to... Oh. I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, yeah. And they... You know, she lashes out by totally inappropriate sexual 
yeah. uh, advances, which again are if you're the person on the receiving end, which include a dentist and a police officer, yeah. are are totally bizarre, and they are totally bizarre and inappropriate. I don't think the movies are arguing that that you know that they should give in to the you know they should, uh, yeah. but just that she has nowhere. She has no way of asking for affection, uh, yeah. in a in appropriate way. Uh, but if you're on the receiving end, uh, you know the dentist is absolutely right to be like, "What are you doing?" Yes. And, you know. Yes. Well, yeah. So many things. I mean, there's yeah. Like you're like the dentist does what he should do, but it's so awful for her. Right. But you're also like that dentist better not mess around with this. Uh, yeah. Uh, whereas then the. Police officer honestly doesn't push her away super fast. No, uh, but uh, he makes the right choice and at least tries to give her some uh, consoling, with at least partially clothed. Correct. Although that sequence ends with a, a child hugging a parent as well, just like the Mexican sequence. So there yes. you go. Slightly different situation, but uh, in the same. So there is a hopeful, and it's a weird, it's a strangely hopeful ending. Well, the Morocco Boys also ends with a child right. holding a parent, which is actually least hopeful. Uh, but there is a, and I don't know how to feel about this, but there's a, a subtle uh, intimation that we should all just stay with our own groups. I mean, that you know, the, the, and I don't think that's the point of the movie. I think the point of the movie is how sad I, that I we would can't. Say, I would say there's a subtle intimation of just doing, t- that maybe tourism isn't the best thing. Or that uh, that, what, like, like cultural tourism, yeah. that taking without fully yes. understanding yes. is a is a sense yeah. of imperialism. I mean, is a um, right. Yeah, you know, not the, that the industry yes. is necessarily wrong, but that yeah. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt and and Kate Blanchett have uh, sort of asserted themselves in this area uh, in a way that maybe they're not welcome or or, or shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. <coughs> uh, but you're right. It's almost it's almost feels wrong that it's like well, anytime you have people that can't speak the same language, bad things are going to happen. So the only way to avoid that you, is not not to do it. Uh, and again, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that is the the the, the lesson. No, I don't know if the lesson is dumb decisions have more consequences than you like than you know. I mean, that was the other thing about the the uh, Chico Kiko or Chico. Uh, uh, her story is I'm I'm worried the whole time for her right when then she starts with the boy who is kind of into her uh, uh-huh. then he's making out with her friend right uh, and that's I, mean, I was worried that was going to go much more south I mean yeah you know, she's she's not we know she's not wearing underwear we know she's doing drugs like I thought real bad things were going to happen with those boys uh, and they so uh, the fact that it didn't go that way I <coughs> uh, was good both because I was never going to let my daughters leave the house. Right. Um, but uh, I think a different movie may would have, that would have been, it's hard to call it the easy way, but I mean, that would have been kind of the obvious thing to happen. But it more is. Or her coming home and just exposing herself to the. Everything that happens in the movie is in a certain sense, unlikely, but it doesn't feel contrived yeah. or melodramatic. Like, no, I, there's only one decision. Cause yeah, like again, like the boys shooting a gun, at a bus you're like that is so stupid who would do that right i don't know a 10 year old boy correct would do that. yes uh, <laughs> right yeah. i mean again it's horrible and they shouldn't have done like no one's saying but like uh if you and i were adept with rifles at 10 which we were not slash at 37 uh-huh. uh but i mean like i would love to say we would never shoot at a bus with people inside it but when we don't really believe they will actually hit it, sure. I mean, that is something that a boy would, right. know, or a little girl that could shoot a gun would do. I mean, uh, and it's, yes, it's dumb and it's horrible, but like you can believe that dumb decision. Yes. Uh, and yes, even as much as like, you know, the bad decisions, maybe her, ma- like, you know why she had to go to Mexico. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like you, they're bad decisions, but they're ones you believe that they would make <laughs> in the heat of the moment. Absolutely. And, um, but they also don't, like I said, don't go for melodrama. Yes. Uh, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you ever saw Boyhood. Not yet. Um, 
but there's a, a scene where, you know, the, the I think he's a preteen, he's 13, 14 years old, and everyone's kind of drinking in a barn, and you're looking around at all the things that are sharp and all the, you know, the bad the, oh. bad things that could happen. Um, and because it's a movie, you're expecting one of those things to pay yeah. off. And payoff seems like a weird thing to say. Um, right. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is there are, you know, for time immemorial, um, you know, underage kids drinking in, bar- in dangerous situations yeah. and they don't all end up dead, you know. Uh, but it was a, a stark reminder of, oh my goodness, you know, these are young people making bad decisions. Um, something could bad could happen, um, but in all likelihood probably won't. But I mean literally probably. Like a, it's a 49%, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, a 50-50 decision, which is way too high as a responsible adult to be like, I would never do that. Uh, but for a kid, yeah. you don't think that way. And so, yeah, the, both the, the the return from Mexico and the, the club scene in Tokyo, which is so great. I'm assuming they must have added the, the, the strobe effects after uh, the fact. Otherwise, you couldn't tell what was going on if, you know, it would take forever yeah. to get it that right. But it's it's fantastic. Uh, and a reminder of, you know, what her what senses she has left, you know, she can't hear things. And so yeah. she's picking it. You know, it's just really yeah. well done. She's like and, trying to dance to September. Right. But can't hear, can't hear earth, wind and fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that scene was good. And apparently I saw that they, uh, had to issue warnings in Japan that it was giving people seizures. I can believe it. Just like the, in, uh, in the Simpsons. It's definitely a Caesar cartoon, uh, seizure cartoon. But yeah, so then let's talk about the brothers we talk a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, the little brother is the problem, clearly. <laughs> Although, the good shot. I, and uh, this yeah. this wasn't a funny scene, but I, you know, the dad is put upon. There's all, again, I'm in uh, Brad Pitt, those kids, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett's kids who okay. can't even see yeah. a chicken being getting their head cut off. Yes, will never right. will never have to handle a gun in in yeah. that situation. Um, and shoot jackals to protect their goat herd. Right, yeah. and so it's just a totally different world. Um, but he that that scene. So the dad is doing the best that he can. Uh, again, this isn't a funny scene, but I couldn't help but kind of chuckle at it uh, when they first tell the dad what's happened, and you know they're panicking and kind of telling on each other. Uh, and they're like, yeah. hey, we shot an American, we killed an American, oh my goodness, we did this. And then the other brother's like, you did it, you did the shooting. And also he's yeah. been spying on his sister in the shower. Yes, yes. And the dad's like, yeah. what, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> you got to feel for the dad. I mean, he's such a good dad, and now he finds out that his sons have killed a woman and there's some weird incest going on with one son and his daughter. Right. Like, he's like, hold on, loader. wait a minute, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's not a Rough funny day. scene, but he's like, yeah. everybody just yeah. calm down for a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and honestly, the big brother is kind of a jerk because he can't shoot. He's jealous. And, right. Yes. Uh, and he's jealous of the little brother. Uh, but then they, yeah, they, uh, and you kind of feel like you've already kind of seen the police. And you're like, yeah, I can see why they don't really want to talk to the police, even if they know that they did, it was an accident. Uh-huh. So, you know, they kind of go on the and the little brother lies to the police, right? Uh, uh, which was a poor choice, perhaps. Uh, so then they try to run away, and then yeah, the police who we've kind of been following, uh, you start opening fire on them, as you said, they don't know that they're children, right? Uh. Although they also don't pause to get any kind of time of like, hey, put your hands up. They just start shooting. No, correct. But they also, uh, I mean, uh, Yusuf fires on them, which is obviously a really bad decision yes. too. Yes, well, that was later, but I was that, that is actually honestly the one decision that I I couldn't, I was like, I don't know. He's too young to, I just don't think he would do that. Yeah, he'd be and, paralyzed with And how with horrible decision. I mean, he kill, then he'd actually, like he literally shoots a human. I mean, yeah. on purpose. Like, I don't know. Uh, but uh, in this firefight, uh, the big brother does get shot. Yes. Uh, and I'm choosing to believe that he doesn't die. Okay. Uh, although that's that's hard to... <laughs> just because I don't want him to die. Sure. Uh, but like I said, that uh, the father is holding his son. Of course, his son is dying in his arms, so it's right. not as uh, happy as the other two. Uh, and again, like all this 
kicked off by the poor decision to shoot at a uh, van from three kilometers away. Right. But, right, started by the guy who sold him the gun in the first place yes. who got it from the... So that's, I think, kind of the butterfly effect part of this movie. Uh, and it reminds me, and, and we'll, I, we'll talk about this, but there's a great series of movies uh, called the Three Colors Trilogy. That is, it's based over three movies, and it doesn't really show what their connections are until the third movie, but... Uh, really? It, so you've got to go through two movies before it makes sense? Well, it doesn't... It, it makes sense. The, the first two movies make perfect before sense on their connect. own, but before they connect, Got before it. you see that they are, um, okay. why they're a trilogy as opposed to just three very different movies. Um, you know, none of these people meet, uh, and yet their decisions, except for, you know, of course, uh, Brad Pitt has met his children and, and the nanny, yeah. but, uh, they're not on screen together. The, the, the stories don't, submerge you know don't don't weave yeah. that way but uh obviously the deci- decisions make have huge consequences for all of them so uh it's really kind of masterful how it it's um and i understand that america's perils which i've not seen is as much the same way uh where decisions can pound on each other in an un- unanticipated way and it's more i don't want to say straightforward it's more everything just intersects at a car crash uh yeah which is kind of what happens to one grams uh and it, so it's more i'd say linear and if i remember right you just you have there's three stories uh and you go through each of them uh but then you know the net you might at a time like they're not switching back and forth if i remember right uh, okay uh but then they all do they do intersect with each other and uh, like you see characters from each other and that are in this car crash that they all centers around. I see. Uh, whereas, yeah, like th- that's why I thought like we talk about like, this is less, you know, Christopher Nolan figure out this time puzzle, right. You know, uh, and see where the, these clues lead you. Yeah. Those happen sometimes, but it's more, yeah, they don't actually, it's more just kind of telling this story as one, uh, and uh, I'll cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which I, as when I was reading about this, I guess it could sometimes called a network narrative. Right. But, like the whole story is kind of told as a collection of the whole network of stories. Uh, you know, it's more about the story than it is uh, exactly like you know, solving the puzzle of when exactly these things happen. Sure. Uh, because the other thing, if you really do want to think about it, which I do, uh-huh. uh, like, at the time, the woman that that uh, uh, that uh, Adriana Barraza, uh, what's her name in the uh, Amelia, the nanny, yeah, when she decides to go to Mexico, at least I would think it's is already an international incident, right? And Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett are already famous. Well, maybe but, she wouldn't be leaving the country. Yeah, but <laughs> and I would. You, there's no. And he's called her from the hospital, so he would have been to tell them, hey, their mom's been shot. But he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. Um, would, I mean, right. <laughs> and this is not This is a pre-Twitter world, so it's possible that she just wasn't paying attention and didn't know. Yeah. And she doesn't have a cell phone. I guess, yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, but no, it's good. Uh, and so I guess I just... The fact that it, I mean, I I do like the movies, which we're talking about in our yeah. top five, like that are really like intersecting, and you see things pop up. Uh, but the fact that this was a little bit was different from that, just that, uh, and it's kind of more subtle how they interact. Uh, I thought was cool. It's absolutely. Uh, and yeah, as we said, uh, I think I'm sure I butcher the name, but it's Rinko Rinko Kikuchi, Kikuchi who she's is Chico. She and. Her and Adriana Barraza, who plays the nanny, both received Oscar uh, category nominations. Uh, and deservedly so. Uh, They're fantastic. Actors. Yeah. Uh, I will say by one other thing that I don't know if it's a commentary. The white people get a happy ending. All the white people survive. Uh, well, the And the Japanese people get a somewhat, I mean, some closure ending. And there's no death. Uh, but the... Moroccan family, at the very least, yeah. has a incredibly injured son and a son going to jail, uh, and probably a dead son and a son going to jail. Uh, and the Mexican family, she gets deported. Right. Santiago's on the run forever. 
You uh, that and if this were a, made, go ahead. And if this were made by a white per, a white director and a white uh, writer, I would say this is typical Hollywood. Right. We had to make that. Uh, but since it's not, I almost think that's maybe the commentary of, and all this that happens will work you know, out for them. The rich get richer. Right. Yeah. Uh, he has the ability to be magnanimous or Pitt and Blanchett, you know, everybody survived. Yeah, exactly. uh, so I suppose it's nice that he doesn't press charges, but yes. he also should be the most understanding or they should be the most understanding that they were in good hands, um, you know, with this, with this caretaker who they presumably know. So in that regard, yeah. you know, again, there's two sides of that. She gets her life completely ripped from her, and that's that's a fact. It's nice that she gets to reconnect with her son, I suppose, but, um, you know, it, for any of us, that would be an unbelievable change. You have to leave the country and, you know, yeah. uh, that she presumably went to some, you know, lengths to get to and, to, you know, to build yeah. a better life for herself. Um and, and, and it's supposed to feel like what a nice thing that they've done for her. Um, now, at the same point, the kids were in legitimate danger, and she put yes. them there. So, again, it, it's yes. they're not... I think there probably is a subtle commentary of uh, everything does work out for... Uh, you know, there's... there's You know, the tragedy does sort of trickle down the, the quote-unquote global south. Uh, but... Uh, uh, they're not blameless either. I mean, the shooting of the, the, no. the of the bus is unbelievably stupid, as you said. Uh, the it may not be what she intended, but she did put the kids in that in that position, and not just those kids, yeah. any kids, uh, and herself in that position. Um, uh, you know that was that was bad and and dangerous. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's it, it's good in that it's not completely. I think you're probably right that that is a subtle commentary, but it's not black and white. It's not. Yeah. overt and it's not unkind it's 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 just a kind of st- subtly stated yeah uh, yeah and i also think what's interesting to me is like you said our both of our favorite storyline was the one in a movie that involves people getting shot uh running from la migra uh and what's essentially just a moody high school girl uh-huh. the high school girl one like the fact that that seems just as important you know and just as you know kind of like her struggle is like just as you know big of a struggle as the other ones i think is what's pretty incredible about the movie too correct well it makes it i mean it, it, it just it makes it urgent it makes it seem as yeah uh you really care about that person which is incredible of a a compliment to kikuchi but then also the writing quickly uh, you do want the best for her in a very short amount of you know without she's not on screen very long because nobody is as you said yeah yeah uh so yeah uh definitely one of the right movies i'm glad i learned that it was by inuratu and watched it with you all right uh and yeah so let's go uh top five movies with intersecting uh stories like multiple narrative uh which I came up with this and I really thought about it. there are a lot. I'm I'm actually yes. quite intrigued by what you're going to say. And I don't, I mean, this is, I don't know, like a lot of these, I'm not sure why I decide one thing is this and another thing right. isn't. You know, I put Magnolia at number five. That, because I think there's a difference between what you're talking about, interlocking stories and um, ensemble casts, you know. Yes, uh, I agree. Because I think Boogie Nights is a better movie, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, than Magnolia. Uh, but it's not what you're talking about. It really does have one no. character, and there are other other yeah. auxiliary characters. Magnolia has things coming in and out that all sort of tie together. And so it gets the nod yeah. at number four. It's a great movie. Um, Babel is is at number four. Sorry, Magnolia is at number five. Babel's at number four. Uh, the movie I, I mentioned, Three Colors, specifically The Red chapter of the three colors trilogy is our number three movie um and that may be cheating a little bit because it really is a two-hour movie that only the last 15 minutes is is a combination of movies that (laughs) if you haven't seen wouldn't make much sense um but i've decided that uh uh, and what's funny is also about this three colors would be in my top 100 of the all-time great movies and so would the these next two on the list but probably in a different order 
but as yeah. exemplary yeah. as of a this, correct. Uh, yeah. I'm, and now that I just mentioned that about uh, about Boogie Nights, I'm not quite sure how I can justify this selection, but I'm putting Do the Right Thing at number two. Um, what? <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, it, you I don't mean, think it I mean, deserves? I love Do the Right Thing, sure. but I don't think it's really a multi-narrative yeah. movie. Yeah, though. I mean, it, uh, all <laughs> everything does kind of conjoin, and there are, are multi-narratives, but they're all around the same character. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. I'm glad I said Do the Right Thing. Um, yeah. just because it's always great and fun to talk about. But yeah, I don't think it deserves on this list. Um, but Pulp Fiction is at number one regardless. Got to be Pulp Fiction. Uh, would, would, yeah. Yes, I think we can agree that that would um, uh, top the list. Now, if we if we, we have a spot now I thought in the you, top I, five, I, 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 let's hear some yeah. other examples. Well, I thought you'd say Nashville. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nashville's on the list. Yep, yep. Done. Nashville's on yeah. the list. Um. I don't think this belongs on the list. Uh, well, I would put a Morris Paris on the list. Sure. Uh, and I really like, even though it's blatantly a Pulp Fiction ripoff, I enjoy Go quite a bit. I know you like Go. I know you're a big uh, fan yeah. of Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it's more, but honestly, the fact that Go is good is really just a statement of how great Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is. is. Pulp Fiction is pretty great. <laughs> uh, that essentially just ripping off Pulp Fiction <laughs> can still make a good movie. Right. Uh uh, Snatch, maybe. Uh, oh, sure. Ones, uh, I was thinking of. Uh, I think Traffic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, again, I, I would. I, I wouldn't put it top traffic. five. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's good. Uh, I would not put Love Actually, but it is an example it, right. of <laughs> said movie. And it's a good movie, uh, uh, but I don't think it's better than any of the five we've mentioned. No. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, as, yes. The more you think about it, there are more of these than you would think. Right. But it's hard to do I them mean, well and to. I mean, uh, you mean like Crash? Right. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, Crash would be an example of a bad example, although it was the best picture of this year. So there yes. you go. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. But that, but but the year from the year before, right or not? Uh, I suppose I don't know. Yes, but I thought it was from... I thought it came out in 2006. Did it not? Or did it come uh, out in 2005? I'm sure. I mean... I, no, it came out in 2004. I just... It stinks so much. It, it covers <laughs> covers two years. <laughs> Both years. Uh, all right. Um, all right, well, if you have your favorite uh, multi-narrative intersecting stories uh, movie, let us know at watchingtherightmovies at gmail.com. Uh and just check in with us next week. I'm Ben, this is my brother Nick. See you, Benny. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. But...